from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining the show. Got a great guest today. Leo Giel is here with us, and Leo is the CEO of Hi There, great name, which is the world's largest cannabis-friendly social network. Has over 100,000 active users. It's sort of a match.com for marijuana enthusiasts, a Tinder for tokers, but it also has elements of Facebook and Instagram and all your favorite kind of social networks. So Hi There was recently relaunched back in July 5th of this year. It had been around, but they brought in a new CEO, Leo, to fix all the kinks. Leo's going to talk to us about sort of the origin story of Hi There and what he's learned running this business. Leo, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate you having me on. I feel like Hi There has been around for a while, right? Because I've heard about it for years. It's been relaunched. Yeah, that's right. So Hi There initially started off as a dating app for people in the cannabis industry. And it was deemed early days Tinder for tokers. And the two co-founders, Darren Roberts and Kenny Frisman, they did a great job of coming up with a really cool brand and a really great idea. The one thing both of them will probably you know, even tell you themselves is they're not technologists. And, and what they did is they went and they outsourced the technology. And I think that's where they may have made the wrong decision. And one of the things that we, we realized quickly when I got to know them was this is not something you outsource and put in someone else's hands, especially if you want to do all the things we're talking about today. You need people who are bought in. You need people that this means everything to you need people that share the same vision and the same moral goals. So we addressed that and then we, we built a team internally of the best technologists I know who know how to build marketplaces. And we kind of re- went, we went to work for a long time and we rebuilt this thing and we relaunched it in July, July 5th of 2021. My birthday. Oh, really? See that? That's, yeah, man. my birthday. It was meant to be. <laughs> like you got to get on the platform. Mashable, on like a couple of weeks later, picked us up and said we were the number two place to meet 420 singles behind Match, ahead of uh, Hinge, ahead of OKCupid. These are brands I used to help get users for, so I, I understand the quality of these brands. We were really, we were really taken back. And the cool thing is, Mashable really understood we're not just a dating site. They said, yeah, you can date there, but they have these other really cool community features. And I'm, I'm really proud that that came across when, when they downloaded our app and started to use it. It's not just a place to date. You can date if you want. And one day, when the platform in a year from now is even more intelligent. You'll have a seamless experience. If you're there to date when you sign up, you'll have a much more robust dating experience. If you're there to learn how to grow cannabis, you'll have a much more robust growing experience. If you're there just to make friends, you'll have a much more friendly, robust networking experience. And that's the idea. We want to be a place to move the cannabis industry forward. We always say you have more friends than you think. Everyone's welcome. And it's for the curious to the connoisseur. So tell us, how long have you been CEO of Hi There? I've been CEO for the past few months. and Okay, you're a newbie. Yeah, I'm a newbie. And um, actually, it's my my first time as CEO. So uh, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely a, a, a big learning curve, especially by jumping into the cannabis industry. <laughs> 
So you weren't in the cannabis industry before? No, I'm a tech entrepreneur. I spent most of my life building tech companies in the advertising space and helping the world's biggest brands get more users and uh, grow their grow their businesses. Right. So tell me, how is it so far? How is well? First of all, let's give give me a little like your elevator pitch for a high there. How is it different than other social networks? What are sort of what kind of things do you emphasize on there? What is what are some of your most popular features? So the number one most important thing about Hi there is that most big social media companies, they censor cannabis and we do not. And then the next thing that they do is they, if folks start talking about cannabis, they shadow ban them, meaning they kind of remove them from the ecosystem and we do not. And then lastly, the biggest problem cannabis businesses or any brands that want to reach these cannabis consumers have and face is that there's no place to advertise and, and we support advertising. So those are the three big challenges, if you will, in the space that we solve. Yeah. And how do you find your users? How do you market to them? Yeah. The coolest thing being a tech and advertising entrepreneur who helps guys like Amazon and Spotify buy users based on data and product market fit, we have not done that yet. So organically, we've been, we've been fortunate to just acquire users based on our product market fit and, and obviously those three problems that we're solving. And you have no problem based on the content of having like Apple obviously sell you in their app store and Google, et cetera. Yeah, we've been fortunate. You know, obviously we, we respect their, their, their app store and Google Play Store policies. We um, take this business very seriously. But because we're not touching the plant, we're just a, we're really a technology platform, a cannabis technology platform or a Canatech platform, because we're just bringing an audience together and we're not selling them any cannabis or edibles or anything like that. We tend to be okay with those app store policies. Yeah. Talk to me about the swipe feature on high there, right? You have a swipe feature, which is similar to, you know, something you might find on Tinder this is a very common feature now in dating apps. Unfortunately, I have not been on the dating scene in quite a while, so I'm not really that familiar with all how all this works. But talk to me about that. And is that that the most sort of popular feature among your users? Yeah, actually, you're spot on. That, that feature, given our relatively small and new audience, happens to be our most popular feature. We have almost a million swipes a month. We've only been live for just over one month. And the thinking there is how do you allow, you know, you know, I always think about the world, right? And I have four children and I always think about what brings happiness and happiness is generally created by finding folks to build like community feeling with, right? So the general idea of that swiping feature is to allow people to meet people that most likely will become friends or some type of network to them. So that swiping feature can allow someone to find a, a lover, can allow someone to find a friend, can allow someone to find a, a business partner or find someone that maybe they can learn from or share their learnings with. So we didn't want to limit it only to finding love, which people have found love and gotten married from the platform. But we also wanted to expand it so that it was really the thinking of like, how do we become a Google? How do we become one of these big tech companies that has something for everyone? And most people would say, wow, that is an amazing task to try and tackle. And most investors go, you're crazy. 
But uh, we feel very confident that if we can really listen to the audience and give them the features to help everyone find something in there that has an interest in cannabis, we'll win. And it's fun to watch. Believe it or not, only 20% of our audience is there for dating. I see people bonding over cannabis and its uses and how it's alleviated needs for prescription drugs. I've watched almost like these subreddits because we have these groups, they start to bubble up. You see people bonding over cannabis and video games. You see people bonding over genetic codes to grow cannabis or people bonding over help. Hey, my plants are looking this way. Can you give me any advice what's happening? So you start to see these subreddits bubble up, if you will, over all these interesting topics. And all we want to do is help give additional features and functionalities so that these people can have easier communication with less friction and more meaningful dialogue. So you said only 20% use it for dating, but I, of course, I have to ask, like, have you made any love matches? I mean, have you heard back from any of your users about like, you know, thank you, you guys. You see those commercials all the time for like Match.com. Two folks, I'm still trying to track them down. I want to do some kind of special thing. They've got married from the platform. So, you know, you see you see people fall in love. It's a beautiful thing. You see people make friendships and, you know, you see really interesting things. And that's why we're trying to build more features to create that face-to-face experience. Right now, we don't really allow you to do like a live session or like what we call soon, hopefully will be a virtual smoke session. So we're trying to give the community more features like that to help strengthen that dialogue and community feel. How do you come up with those features? How do you, how does your tech team decide this is what the users need? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm actually not a cannabis, like I'm not saying I've never done cannabis, but I'm not really someone who is uh, super un, in the know of cannabis. I'm a tech guy. But the one thing I've learned from tech is data solves all problems. So we have a data-driven technology approach. We're listening to signals at all times, what the audience wants. And we also, even today, if you log into the platform, we'll do contests. We'll say, hey, what features would you like to see? We're listening, we're tallying, and we're scoring the most popular feature requests. And then we're deploying that and developing that for the platform. What are you hearing in terms of what people would like to see right now early on? That virtual smoke session is a big one because, you know, we believe it or not, we're already global. One of our fastest growing markets is Australia. So we'll see people in Australia make friends with someone in LA, make someone make friends with someone in the Netherlands. And then you'll, you'll see them say, hey, let's, let's smoke and play Fortnite. And the problem is they have to go into Skype or one of these other platforms and do that. And they said, hey, it would really be nice if we could just hit a button and be basically in a big virtual room. So that'll be one of the upcoming features. There's some messaging feedback to help the messaging feel more fluid that we obviously uh, hear a lot of, and we'll we'll certainly uh, be deploying new features around that. The biggest problem is everyone has a lot of amazing ideas and we have a small team and we haven't raised much money. So we're just trying to do the best we can and be as responsive as responsive as possible. It seems like such a good idea. I mean, you're really tapping into a market that is, you know, as I know, because of what I do for a living is a really a huge market. And I'm wondering what invest, what kind of feedback you guys get from investors. I know that may not necessarily be 
always your what you're working on because I know you're kind of running the whole thing. But do people are people reticent to invest in a company that's built around cannabis users? Yeah, that's another great question. So I, in my former life, I helped raise twenty million dollars from VCs. It's like, hey, this is what we're doing. They write you a big check. You go to work, and you, you hear from them like once in a while. In cannabis, the experience has been much different. Uh, definitely there's some hesitation, I think, from investors to invest. I like to think I built a, a world-class team. I really pushed people from each expert of their discipline. So I think it makes them a little bit more comfortable. But because even I've heard from, from investor friends of mine, because of regulations in the US, they get a little bit skittish. So you always have to explain to them why you're not touching the plant. So it's far less risky. But still, there's uh, there's uh, uncertainty about the future. Everyone, you know, some people think it's going to be federally legal already. Some people think it never will. So you you have a real challenge with investors. But for the most part, our investors have been amazing. They've been very supportive of the business. They have been patient, which uh, is obviously very important. And most importantly, is to continue to show the growth of the platform, increased advertisers and businesses wanting to be engaged, and then continuing to deploy those uh, interesting features that keep the engagement there. We have our day 30 retention, for those of you that know what that means, is 20%. That's amazing. Explain what that means, day 30 retention. That means if someone downloads the app today in 30 days... If 100 people download it today, in 30 days from now, 20% of those people will still be on the platform. And I worked with the world's biggest gaming companies and Amazon and all these folks. So, so those metrics are pretty much 4X, and that's coming out of the gates. We have almost 2,000 people organically engaging with the properties. And that's not just in the app. That's the mobile web and the website. So those are really good metrics, which obviously validates the entire mission of the company. There's clearly a need and a void in the market. So if we if we can just execute against our, our goals, I think you know this will really be a great platform for the cannabis industry. And we're really excited about its potential. Talk to me about privacy, because this comes up a lot in this space, right? I mean, Facebook is always getting run over the coals about violating people's privacy. People don't necessarily know what they're getting into when they sign up for Facebook, that their data is so public and some people really don't like that. How do you, and I would imagine this is particularly sensitive in the cannabis space because you're talking about people who are consuming cannabis, maybe in states where it's not legal. I don't know. So how do you guys deal with the privacy issue? Yeah. Another great question. I'm actually a shareholder in a big data company. And as we know, data is so important. I can tell you, we have a very strict policy. We don't part with data. Believe me, I've had someone come as, as recent as last week to try and buy 51% controlling interest in the company. They wanted our data. I said, no, they wanted to, to buy all of our data. I said, no, because the reality of it is, is there's not a lot of places to go and get consumer data for cannabis. And uh, we don't sell it. We don't part with it. We keep it as part of our real core competency. And the only thing that we do is listen to our consumers, as I mentioned, and use their feedback to deploy new features. But there's no monetization of data and we won't do that. Well, on the subject of monetization, so how does one monetize a platform like this? Is there a subscription fee? Do we have advertising? Is it all of the above? Tell me a little bit about how you see the monetization piece. So honestly, because of the the, the overwhelming interest to, to, to partner with our company, we never really even started thinking about monetization just yet. 
Now, I'm, a, I'm an East Coast guy. I understand the value of revenue. I built a very profitable company before. I know what it's like to, to return big dividend checks to our shareholders, but we wanted to get the community right. So with a little bit of luck, we had the great retention. We have an average login per user four to five times a day. So those metrics are looking good. Now, one of the things that we, we saw is an overwhelming swiping behavior. And then we also saw, because we limit you only to 15 swipes a day, we also saw our users saying, hey, I'm willing to pay for more swipes. Why are you limiting my swipes? So that was um, obviously a, a key indicator or a key signal for us to look to monetize that. We don't do monetization of swipes just yet, but in the future, we certainly will be. And then honestly, because of the overwhelming interest from brands to reach this audience, we took on a handful of advertisers without even having an ad server. So we started to implement them into the platform just to get them exposure to our audience. Soon we'll be implementing an ad server and monetizing our audience in a very user-friendly way. The most important thing is the user experience. We don't want to disrupt that user experience. So we're trying to be very careful and thoughtful how we show ads to our audiences. Probably after every so many swipes, you'll see a relevant ad based on the data profile of you as a consumer. But at this point, we're just trying to uh, be very thoughtful of the user experience. Talk to me about, so one other sort of challenge I think a lot of social media companies face is, well, first of all, bots kind of taking over your, I just think of like, all the stuff you read about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and stuff and all the bots that have taken over and sort of not that I think the Russians are kind of looking at high there at this point and being like, let's take over high there and make it a tool, who knows, a tool for, uh, but are, are you guys, how are you dealing with that? And how are you, well, first I'll start with that. And then I want to talk about trolls, but uh, talk about, yeah, the bots. You should be building a tech company. You got, <laughs> you got a great question. So you nailed it, man. Like that was our first big challenge. Soon as I took a look under the hood, I saw a lot of bots and I saw a lot of black market behavior. And then I started doing some research and calling up folks in the industry and learning. Those are the things that brought these companies down. Because let's be honest, what we're trying to say is, hey, man, come to us. We're going to let you be free. We're going to let you be who you are. That's it. Now you see, you'll see in the other platforms, right? Like um, you'll see people trying to promote pornography. You see people trying to sell very black market drugs, very dangerous drugs. You see really bad behavior. So the first thing that we did, and I'm proud of my tech team, they sat down and they built an AI and machine learning to catch those bad actors. Now, the problem is in every industry, you have, bad, you have the good guys and you have the bad guys. You have the cops, you have the robbers. Unfortunately, the robbers are really smart. They're always kind of one step ahead. So it's always a cat and mouse chase, but I'm really proud. The platform really catches probably 95% of the bad actors through machines. And then we have a team of humans that sit there and look to catch the other 5%. And that's something that will always exist. So yeah, we're really proud of the fact that you know, we're protecting the community because the last thing you want is like, I always think of like my wife as, as a mother of four children, she doesn't want to go in there and get hit on by creepy guys. And she doesn't want to get propositioned by black market folks for whatever it might be, or they'll never come back. You never get a second chance at that first impression. They're also going to be dangerous, right? Super dangerous. And that was the other thing we wanted to be thought leaders because cannabis is becoming legal. And I think about my four children. Cannabis is becoming legal. Everyone's turning away, turning a blind eye. No one's taking a stand and educating. How many lives can be saved if we educate 
young people or people of all ages how to responsibly consume, source, and use cannabis. So I went out and I got a team of doctors and I brought them into the company. And I said, listen, I want you to teach me, teach everyone how to read a label, the best tools for consuming and sourcing cannabis, and then also what to look for, how to read a label. My one doctor says, I have grandparents coming in all the time showing me the CBD they're using for arthritis. The first two ingredients are pesticides. Because what happens was cannabis became more accepted. CBD is legal everywhere. So the marketeers came in. I remember being in New York. I'd go to a bodega. There's 16 CBDs from $40 to $250, you know, with anyone's name on it. And I said, all right, we're going to fix this. We're going we're gonna to attempt to bring transparency into this space. Great. As far as transparency and just kind of, I'm just thinking of all the sort of challenges that I hear that social media companies face. There's also this kind of misinformation, which we keep reading about. And I wonder... You know, I don't know if you're at the scale yet where you have to worry about this, but, you know, I can imagine somebody sort of trying to take over or a bot trying to take over high there with a lot of like misinformation about cannabis, either sort of saying, you know, it cures everything, you know, like there's a lot of people with agendas, right? There's especially in, and it can become very polarizing in that way. Do you guys monitor those kinds of posts, comments? How do you deal with that? Yeah. So it's a great question. Even cries for help, right? You know, like hate. But also, hey, help me in the most in the most loud way without saying help me, crying for help. So that was one of the I was 4 a.m. in the middle of the night checking high there because I'm a psycho and just cruising through because I always like I, it was really nice to see the audience change from like just people showing pictures of how they consume cannabis to seeing people come there and talk about real world problems. Hey, I'm a mom of four. I'm not looking to like get married. I'm not looking to like buy crazy drugs. I'm just looking for friends that might be able to share or maybe meet up in town because they're like me. So I was reading at 4 a.m. in the morning and I saw a, a cry for help. And I called up our CTO in the middle of the night. Hey man, what is our solution for this? How are we going to help people? And that was another thing that's that inspired me to get doctors on board. And if I have it my way, one day for free, these people will be able to connect to a doctor and talk to a real person about some of the challenges they're having. And then maybe even that doctor can help prescribe cannabis to help, you know, maybe ease anxiety or depression. And that's my goal. I want to be able to give that almost telemedicine tool for free if you really need it not to be abused. And then also just general hotline minute access if you're if you're really in a dark place. And then as far as the folks that are to try and do the just bad things who aren't really crying for help, but just trying to do bad things. We do a similar thing to the shadow ban, but we put you kind of in this virtual world where no one can really see what you're doing. And we're just monitoring you to see if you're you really have bad intentions or you're just making silly posts that that really are just inappropriate. And then we'll slap you on the wrist or we'll kick you out. You pretty much have a two-strike policy. Do you have us. an algorithm that checks that? Or do you, are you, right now you're at a scale where you're able to kind of identify that with human beings? We have both because, you know, we never want to just rely on the, the computers or the robots to protect the entire environment. So we, we have the first line of defense are the computers. And then the second line of defense are real human beings checking out and making sure everything's cool and kosher. All right. Well, it sounds great. I'm going to sign up even though I, I have a partner but in, uh, in romance, but it sounds like it's more than just that now. So make, make some friends, make some new friends. Leo, thank you so much. If people want to download Hi There, if they want to find out more about it, where should they go? Yeah, 
first of all, thank you so much, Jonathan. This has been a, a great pleasure. And uh, I really thought you had some great thought-provoking questions. Anyone that wants to try out Hi There can go to www.hithere.com, H-I-G-H-T-H-E-R-E.com. Download the app or just dive into some of our content online. And uh, we hope to see you there. All right, Leo Giel, thanks for joining the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's rightaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.